I guess I just want to bring it up first and foremost to everyone that, um, you know, this is an opportunity uh, just to reaffirm our commitment to the safety and well-being of our student athletes, our staff, and the community at large. Uh, five years ago, we established 11 guiding principles. One of them, the very first one, is student athletes first and foremost. So that's that's the thing in the department that's a lens that we look at as we make every decision, whether it's pre-COVID or uh, the current status that we're in right now with you know battling a, a global pandemic. So um, that's that's where we're at. Um, you know, it, it's been challenging. Uh, you know, I know all of you have been experiencing things in your own personal lives and, and professional lives as we try and move through this, but we've built some really sound protocols in place to try and manage as best as we can in this very fluid and uncertain environment. Um, it began five months ago when we put together um, a, a weekly meeting with our head coaches uh, to, to update them on protocols and procedures that we were putting in place as we were kind of building uh, these systems. And uh, for each of the sports that we've invited back on campus, there's been a return to campus plan that they put together that's been reviewed by the university's pandemic preparedness uh, group. So um, approvals are made by that committee before they can return and even before they can step into the next level of team activities. So at this point, most of our teams have been in voluntary workouts. Um, the, the the fall sports plus men and women's basketball, which is obviously a hybrid because they start in November. Um, and that, that operating protocol has included an intake PCR test we've done in partnership with UC Health. Uh, they come and set up a site here on campus as we've discussed before. It's a nasal pharyngeal swab. Uh, those results are usually reported to us. Um, uh, starting back in June, we were getting uh, close to 24 hours or less turnaround time. Now it's extended out a little bit. I think that's just, um, you know, an in indication of, you know, some of the increased viral spread around the around the area and, um, you know, just, just the, the movement in those labs to try and get those back. So the next test, the test that we did yesterday, we would expect back within 72 hours. So we're hopeful that we'll have results by uh, Wednesday or Thursday latest. Um, our operating protocols also include a lot of discussion about, um, you know, the things that we can do personally to mitigate viral spread. So that's the physical distancing pieces, that's the mask wearing pieces. And that, that's been a challenge, I think, for some, you know, to, to adapt to those new social norms. Uh, we've been working really hard to communicate that into our student athlete population. And, and also to our staff. Um, and all these best practices, all these policies have been built around, um, you know, the directives that we've received from public health authorities, starting with the CDC, the state, public health, and Larimer County, and then our, our own people here on campus. So it's been a, a very diligent process. And, um, you know, I think positive tests and in, in, in my opinion, our affirmations that we're being successful with our protocols, I don't view them as failures. Um, you know, we're, we're interested in detecting viral spread. We wanna identify it, isolate it, and protect as many people as possible. So, um, you know, we, we did have a, a creeping up in our positives, so that, that was what necessitated the pause for football last Wednesday.
Hey there, hi there, hold there, it's Justin Michael. I'm back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. Plenty to talk about today. The media had a chance to hear from Joe Parker today. He gave an update. Obviously, the Rams did a bunch more testing, 150 tests uh, on Monday for COVID-19. Should get those results back by the end of the week. If you're a subscriber, make sure that you go check out on the site. There's plenty of more info that I wrote about. Just kind of you know, the main things that Joe talked about today. Going to be talking more about some of the stuff he said over the next couple of days, but there's just a ton to go over in general. I mean, I, wa- I wanted to include some Joe Parker stuff. That's why I included that quote there at the beginning. Just, just kind of give everybody a, you know, a little taste, a little preview of, of what the week is g- going to kind of look like. There's a lot to digest from that press conference this morning. The big, my biggest takeaway is probably it doesn't sound like Joe Parker is in favor of football with no fans at all. So if it gets to a point where they're not going to be able to to host anybody at Canvas Stadium, I just I'll I'll be pretty fearful for the, for the fate of college football season. I guess you know just we've all we've all been talking about you know, well, why don't they just play with no fans? You know, just play it on TV. At least we get to play it. But one of the things he talked about was having, you know, a supportive community, having that group of people cheering them on is just a really big aspect of of the co- collegiate experience. And, you know, without fans, is it, is it still worth it at that point? And that's something that they're going to have to consider. So a lot of moving pieces, it sounds like, but it definitely doesn't sound like Joe P is in favor of playing games without fans. So obviously we'll see, you know, that decision may not even be up to him. It could be like a league wide thing. It could be a president thing. We'll just kind of have to see. Obviously he'll have a ton of input in that, but just, just weird, weird times in general. We found out today that the high school seasons are going to be greatly, greatly reduced in Colorado. Colorado and Minnesota, the two states that have announced so far, at least today, that they are going to play spring football instead of fall football. It's only going to be a seven-game season. I have a lot of thoughts on that. I'm actually going to get a good friend of mine, Austin White, who works at the Pueblo Chieftain. I'm going to have him on tomorrow because I want to get somebody that works in preps to give their perspective. I guess my gut reaction is that some football is better than no football altogether than them just coming out and be like, we're, we're not playing football. At least this gives them an opportunity, but it's, it's really going to just change everything. I mean, so many guys are obviously trying to play for scholarships so that they can sign in December in that early signing period with this process. You may still be able to get some games in before, you know, signing day in February, but it's just, it's really going to impact the recruiting process. And, you know, we may have to see some type of, adjustment from the NCAA regarding the recruiting calendar and all that. Who knows, you know, at this point it's, you know, it just, the news literally dropped like an hour ago. So a lot to still be unfolded there, but I did reach out to Luke McAllister just to kind of see like where he was at, you know, he tweeted, wow, when it happened and he was just kind of like, I'm shook and man, I sounds about accurate, you know, just what a whirlwind of emotion for these guys. They all want to play this fall. They all want that chance to get their senior season. Some guys, you know, if you're planning on early enrolling, they weren't even planning on being around in the spring. This might change that. I don't know what Luke's plans are regarding that because he was a guy who was, you know, potentially planning on, on coming to campus early. So we'll just have to see. We'll have to see how all of this plays out. 
a lot of moving parts. Like I said, I will get Austin on here tomorrow to just kind of get, you know, a more expert opinion on things. Now, before, before we go any further, I do want to recognize my presenting sponsor, Breckenridge Brewery. Right now, I am up in Vail with my, ca- my family. Well, not like Vail, the, the city near Vail, I should say. But I'm, I'm, up in, I'm up in the mountains with my family, spending, spending some quality time outdoors, just trying to get out of my apartment a little bit, sitting creekside, sipping pretty. It's been great, man. I, I got a six-pack of Mountain Beach, which is my favorite, along with Strawberry Sky and Avalanche Ale. One of my favorites from Breckenridge Brewery, and it's just been so clutch. You know, my mom had one. She's like, oh, these are good. So I had to give her another one. Then I only had four left, and I was like, ah, whatever, spread the love. Gave a couple to my brother. Now everybody's hooked. Had to go back to the liquor store and get some more. Luckily, Breck Beer Locator made everything super convenient. I knew exactly where to go. Just so clutch. Whether you're in the mountains, just chilling in your living room, in your backyard, whether you're having dinner, whether it's a breakfast beer, a shower beer, a birthday beer, any kind of beer, make sure that it's a Breck brew. I promise you're not going to be disappointed. If you're in the metro area, you can get Breck delivered via Davidson's, an awesome local company. Check out their app. They're always offering all kinds of promotions. They have locations in Centennial as well as Highlands Ranch. Like I said, that Breck beer locator, though, is super clutch for anybody else. Because, you know, I'm up in Vail, I'm up in the mountains, wasn't sure where the closest liquor store was. Googled it, a couple options, but I was like, hey, I want to make sure they have Breck. Hopped on the Breck beer locator. Boom, boom. Easy peasy. Shout out to Breck. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, cool. Big weekend for college football. The, the We Are United movement, obviously, a big center of attention in, in the college football world. And I am going to talk about that this week in more depth. I do. I want to get a guest on and I'm, I'm waiting on his response right now. But whenever I get that out, you know, I'll go into it in more depth. I did briefly kind of want to talk just about Washington State, though, because, you know, one of the things that I went over in, in the article today is just the finances of college football are complicated. And obviously, with the We Are United situation and, and wanting revenue sharing, it makes it even more complicated, especially for, you know, a program like CSU and the G5. And that's what Joe Parker talked about today. He's like, you know, we're not a school in that in the P5 that gets the benefit of those massive lucrative TV contracts. You know, he he talked about how caring about student athletes in his opinion has always been the, the the biggest priority in terms of people working within college athletics. But for a, for a school like CSU, you know, he, he said realistically, they probably couldn't do most of the demands that the PAC 12 players are, are putting out there when it comes to revenue. And I don't think that's any big secret. I've talked about that plenty of times over the last year, you know, any situation where it was like direct pay for play, it's pretty much going to bankrupt the smaller programs. There are so few athletic programs across the country that actually turn a profit. And it's, it's, it's just a super complicated situation. The Washington State situation, however, uh, got even more complicated because there's a lot of information coming out. And Nick Rolovich initially took some heat because he basically, you know, he said to, regarding players opting out, you know, they support that. But basically, if you choose that, you got to get your stuff out of the facilities. You're not going to have, you know, access to the, to the locker room, the weights and stuff anymore. And some people thought that was kind of harsh. Joe Parker actually mentioned today, you know, saying he can't really fault the decision. He did say that, 
he agrees with the principles of, you know, supporting student athletes if they want to sit out. And he did say specifically regarding CSU, if, if any student athletes came to him and wanted to sit out, they would certainly, you know, support that and, and try and understand their perspective and, and get where they're coming from. But if, if somebody is going to sit out, if they aren't, if they don't feel safe participating in team activities, it's kind of logical that they, you know, wouldn't have, you know, access to the, to the weight room and stuff. Cause you got to, you got to make sure that they're not around the people anymore. Obviously, they're they're still going to be friends. You know, they're they're still going to have access to to counseling and, and resource, academic resources, all that stuff, and and that's great. But you know, the the players that are participating and using the team facilities, you can't have you can't have it both ways. I guess is just what I'm saying. You know, if if you choose to sit out, that's certainly your right, and and I respect anybody that just decides. You know, hey, it's it's not worth it this year, but you don't you don't get to have your cake and eat it too, I guess, which sounds kind of, I don't know. I guess that just sounds like kind of a jerkish way to look at it, but we do have to, the schools have to have some ground to stand on here too, I guess. And so I just, I agree with Joe's, Joe's opinion on Washington state. I think it was a situation where a lot of information came out quickly. A lot of people reacted before we had, you know, the entire picture and typical Twitter fashion, you know, things just, they blew up before we knew before we knew all the information. So I just thought all of that was interesting. And, and we're going to talk about this We Are Uni- United stuff more because it's big. It's really, really big. You know, I've talked about a lot with Henry on the college pod about players using their voice and, and all of that. And this is currently a, a big example of that. But it's definitely a nuanced conversation. So looking forward to, to just getting more into that over the next couple of days. Man, oh man, just so much to go over. It feels like, you know, I was, I've, I've talked a lot on the podcast recently about how I was moving and, and that was a pain in the butt. And then I was trying to deal with all that. And then CSU had the shutdown because of COVID. And I was like, of course this happens while I'm in the process of moving. Now I'm, now I'm trying to go on vacation slightly. I mean, I was always, always planning on working throughout the entire time, but it was just one of those where I'm like, hanging out, sitting by the creek, drinking a beer, and then all this stuff comes out, and it's like, oh, man, I have so much to talk about. Don't even know where to start, but I'm glad that I finally got back on here and um, and just talking sports, even if it's a lot of we don't knows, which is basically basically all we've been able to say for college sports for the last month. It's been super weird, super weird. I will say it's not all bad news in the CSU world, the, uh, the Rams had 82 Mountain West Scholar athletes. That's so badass, man. I, I do my best to try and highlight this type of stuff because, you know, so much gets focused on college athletics and what's wrong with it and, you know, the evil NCAA and this and that. And, and I get it. You know, a lot of it is, is worth... A lot of those conversations are worth having. But when you see something like 82 Mountain West Scholar Athlete honors, that's just awesome. It's something to celebrate. You see... You know, programs like Swim and Dive, they had like 13 people earn earned all uh, all academic honors. And that's just that's just incredible. You know, basketball is really achieving well. Volleyball, cr- cross country, all those programs always do well. Football is doing fine. It's just it's just really encouraging to see something like that. And I just want to make sure that I take a chance to highlight the good, especially when there's so much bad going on right now and so many negative headlines all the time. And it's just this sucks and that sucks. And I just think it gets hard to consume all of that all the time. 
keeping along with the with the theme of positive news, Preston Williams, former Colorado State wide receiver, breakout rookie with the Miami Dolphins last year, has been cleared for contact. Big time news. He tore his ACL last year after, you know, really kind of emerging as the Dolphins' best wide receiver. I think he's a guy who can be like truly, truly elite. I know it's this isn't a great way to to reference someone's talent, but you know, I use him on Madden all the time and he's damn near unguardable. We saw what he was able to do with, quite frankly, not a lot of talent around him at CSU. I just think he's a guy where if if he stays healthy, if he can stay out of trouble off the field, if he can keep the right people around him, he's just he's gonna go really far. He's a really, really interesting dude, you know, has interest in fashion and and stuff beyond football. I think he's a guy who who really could just, you know, accomplish some great things. So very, very interested to see what Preston Williams is able to do, but very excited that he's cleared to play. Shout out to him. Everyone in Ram country definitely cheering him on. Cool, 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 cool. The long wait is finally over. Golf's first major of the year is this weekend. The golfers are heading to San Francisco to tee off and compete for the crown. There's no better way to get in on the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To celebrate golf's first major of the year, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering special odds and promotions all weekend long, and all new users get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's right, $1,000. Don't miss out, baby. That's awesome. Every day of the tournament, DraftKings Sportsbook is boosting your profits by 30%. All you have to do is opt in and place a bet. Super easy, super enticing. Head to the app right now, check out all that they have to offer, including player props, day-by-day action, and even hole-by-hole live betting. That's so much fun. That's one of my favorites. Don't forget, as football season is clear in our sights, DraftKings Sportsbook has rolled out a season-long football pick'em pool worth $2 million in prizes up for grabs. Make your picks and watch the games unfold. If you're still not sold, DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable. Not to mention, you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Just enter the code DNVR when you sign up. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Speaking of DraftKings, speaking of gambling, the Colorado Rockies have been so much fun to bet on. And man, with the NBA, the NHL, all of this back, just non-stop action. I'm hooked. I'm, I'm so hooked. I, I knew this was going to happen as soon as sports betting became legalized in Colorado. I knew I was going to be that guy that's on it every single day and just super into it. That's totally me, totally hooked. And and when there's games like the Colorado Avalanche where they score a game-winning goal with .01 seconds remaining, that just makes it so much better. I had them to win that game in regulation. So when that hit, man, I, I absolutely lost it. My aunt turned to me and she was like, I think that's the loudest I've ever heard you get. And that's probably true. I'm pretty quiet around my family most of the time. Pretty quiet guy just in general. You know, I'm not that... Not the like loud and, and out there type of dude, but I lost it. I'm, I'm running around the living room. I'm high-fiving my dad, you know, my, my brother. It's just it was awesome. 
so hooked. And and speaking of that, I'm I'm I gotta give my DraftKings pick of the week. Now I didn't give a very good intro to this because I just talked about you know hockey and baseball and everything else. I'm a little all over the place, but I love betting on it all. We got the big major coming up this weekend. Their odds boost in Tiger Woods to make the cut at plus one hundred. I don't know how you pass that up. I know. You know, Tiger's been up and down lately. I know it was kind of rocky when he almost missed the cut last time and he kind of made it thanks to, uh, well, just an awful hole from DeChambeau. But this time around, I'm feeling it. You know, Tiger's always up for the big moment. I just feel like, you know, him to make the cut at plus 100, That I feel like that's just easy money. Take advantage of it. That's the DraftKings pick of the week. I'm telling you, Tiger to make the cut. Lock it down. Word, word, bird is the word. We're going to wrap up this podcast. I just kind of wanted to give everybody, you know, just allow everybody to kind of dip their toes and get a sense of the pulse with what's kind of going on around CSU athletics. Still have plenty more to talk about. Going to talk about more with Joe Parker over the next couple of days. Definitely going to go more into the We Are United movement in detail. Talk about just, you know, the how that's not such a simple conversation. You know, the, the student athletes, I think, as a whole deserve more. That's really not that's really not that uncommon of opinion at this point. I will say a lot of times people like to try to make it simpler than it is though. So we will, we'll go over that. We're going to talk about high school sports, how the recruiting calendar is going to get impacted, all that type of stuff. And you know, should be fun. Going to close out this podcast with just a little more audio from Joe Parker and his perspective on whether or not college football will be able to, to happen or not. You know, the question was phrased, is it a pipe dream? He said, maybe not yet, but here's that audio for you. We'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. Hey, Joe, again, thanks for doing this for everybody. This is Eric Christensen at CBS4. Um, you talked about the challenges of student athletes at the collegiate level living in a bubble. And we know when kids come back, you know, that just increases that challenge. I'm just curious how likely do you think it is that a college football season starts here at the end of September and actually finishes on time because what we've seen in baseball and other sports it just seems a little bit like a pipe dream I'm interested in your thoughts yeah I, I don't know I wouldn't call it a pipe dream yet um you know uh will it feel like fits and starts I, I think absolutely will there be disruption without question um, will there be weeks in which you know a team simply can't go? I, I think that's a very not likely scenario. Um, you know, uh, we'll see. I mean, that you know, it's a challenge. Obviously, um, you know, I think at this point, you know, we're 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 on our feet and we're you know we're trying to advance and make steps uh, towards towards a return to fall sports. It's not just football. You know, we've got volleyball and cross country and you know non-traditional seasons with other programs that occur in the fall uh, basketballs that are supposed to start in november um you know our our students are are wired to to want to play um i think for the most part they want to have an experience uh, you know they 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 don't want to put a pause on a year and i think it's our obligation to help try and clear the way to make that possible and at a point in time in the future, if it's determined that we just simply can't go, then we'll we'll stand down and and adjust to that that uh, new information and try and create the best experience for our students to make sure that you know they have a great academic experience, you know, some level of social experience, and that 
we get them positioned for future practice and competition if we simply just have to dial it down. You know, Las Vegas said they won't be hosting fans in their stadium uh, for the NFL season. I know there's been discussion about how to best um, safely uh, have fans in the in the building. What with the concept of not having fans at all, has that been discussed at this point in any sort of length or has it just been talked about as a possibility? Uh, every, everything has been discussed, um, you know, each each. Uh, variation on the kind of the spectrum fans to full capacity um you know we we've invested a quite a bit quite a bit of planning into a 50 percent scenario and a 25 percent scenario um, obviously no fans that's pretty easy to plan plan for um you know so we haven't spent a whole lot of time contemplating that option uh you know if we reach that point um you know, I, I don't know. I think at that point, you know, is is the experience uh, what we want to try and create for our students? And that's that's a pretty big question uh, for those sports that, you know, that have a spectator following. And even that for that those sports, you know, for women's soccer, you know, in our case, you know, with, when uh, when we host a match, you know, there's there's an engaged fan base that supports our team. And that contributes to what the experience is for our students. So I, I have concern and apprehension if we end up at a point in which we aren't hosting fans that that uh, you know that depreciates the experience to the point in which you know is it is it really what our students are looking for and that's a question we'll have to ask um, ask of them and ourselves.